With backgrounds in therapy and personal training, Jennifer Herman and Scott Quinnell combine the realms of mental health and fitness to improve your mind and wellness. Jennifer. We've talked about happiness in the past. Yeah, we have. And the holidays are upon us. Yeah, they are. I think we should really talk about combining happiness and money in this segment. Like uh, how money is related to happiness almost? Exactly. I think so. And there's, uh, there's some studies out there that show like there's an actually like an ideal income. Yeah. Did you find that interesting? I know you and I both kind of did our background for this um, this podcast today. Yeah, and honestly, the numbers like that they gave us, like the ideal income window, it almost doesn't really surprise me. Well, Did it surprise you? I knew it was going to be middle income. I knew that much. But the actual number surprised me a, a little bit. The only thing that I would have said that maybe surprised me about it was maybe how low it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, let's tell them the numbers. All right. You want to do the first study? Yeah. So a study from uh, Purdue used data from the Gallup World Poll and found that the ideal income point for individuals is $95,000 for life satisfaction. Yes. And, and that's a difference between uh, emotional well-being, which uh, the ideal income is sixty to $75,000. And the one thing that I found interesting was once you get above $105,000, people's happiness levels decrease, right? Like you Mm -hmm. found that too. Right. And that was out of a 2018 study. Right. So that's pretty recent. Mm -hmm. And then um, the study that I had found was in 2010, Princeton University um, conducted their study from researchers Daniel um, Canman and uh, I think his name is Angus Deacon, and they found that there's a correlation between happiness and wealth, which we're talking about. And their po- uh, point was that sweet point was seventy five thousand. So that uh, again was in correlation to what that Purdue University study said, and that people again that made over that seventy five thousand. Um, per year that the happiness didn't increase at all. The one question I would kind of have to ask these uh, professors or researchers, were these studies like nationwide? Because I know in like different states, um, I mean, stuff is just cheaper. Real estate's cheaper. So I wonder if like these numbers are nationwide or how they kind of got to these numbers. Because I know like... In Iowa, for example, you don't necessarily need to make as much money if, as if you lived, you know, where we are in the Twin Cities where real estate is higher. You have to pay more money for um, like rent or your mortgage or, uh, you know, even food like downtown Minneapolis. Food's more expensive mm-hmm. uh, versus if you live kind of in the suburbs. So a financial therapist and psychologist professor at Creighton University, his name's Brad Klontz. Um, and he said that really the middle class level is that sweet spot of where you need to be for happiness. Right. And then he's saying once you get above that, um, like that 105, 
thousand uh, dollars. The statistics show that people tend to kind of just want keep wanting more. Is that kind of what he's getting at? Right, that it's not going to solve your problems and, and increase your happiness. You know? Right. Yeah, money above that, like making more money after you reach that middle class uh, sweet spot, really won't solve problems from there on. Mm-hmm. Hey, really quick. If you've listened to the show before, you probably know about our sponsor, Midwest Center for Personal and Family Development. Midwest is an outpatient mental health clinic in the Twin Cities area that specializes in anxiety treatment, child's therapy, couples counseling, and trauma therapy. But of course, they provide several other types of service. So if you or a loved one is searching for help, they're accepting in-person or online appointments right now. You can visit them at MidwestCenter4U.com or call them at 651-647-1900. All right, let's get back to the show. The other thing that I found interesting was the hedonic adaptation. Had you ever heard of that before? I have no idea what that is. That psychological phenomena. So over time that we get used to a change of our lifestyle and then our expectations then grow to that and our lifestyle. And that's what Lumborski has said. Um, So the concept is that money doesn't make us happier. We just keep adapting as human beings. And we, you know, we, if we make money, we're spending it. Um, but it doesn't give us fulfillment necessarily. So it goes again back to that median and what you're doing with your income is really what the psychology behind money is what it's about. And I, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from too, because, you know, growing up, um, I mean, for any kid growing up, the expectation is to go to school, go to high school and then go to college so that you can make more and more money and you kind of get in that habit of uh, do this and you'll make enough money. And then if you do that, you'll make more money. And then we kind of just get into that habit of, you know, we always got to just keep having more. We just got to keep progressing. Mm -hmm. So I think it really comes to comparing to what other people have and feeling like we need to kind of keep up with the Joneses. Now that you bring that up, I heard this quote uh, pretty recently. It's a pretty popular quote, um, and it was, people buy stuff that they don't need to impress people that they don't like. And that kind of goes with like the keeping up with the Joneses, like somebody might see, or you know, you, you almost got to go back to like the high school reunion. Like when you graduate high school, you want to go back in like 20, 25 years and see what everybody's up to. And deep down inside, I mean, let's be honest, you want to be the one driving the Audi into the parking lot. Like I'm doing okay guys, but why, you know, why do you, why do you want to drive the Audi to impress the high school people that you haven't seen in 20 or 25 years? Right. So the real key here for happiness and what these articles are saying is that it's not how much you make, because again, the research is saying it's middle-class it's not the upper enchilant. It's not the ultimate wealth. It is middle class. So again, it's not how much you make. It's how you spend your money. And then on the opposite side of that is how much you are saving. And really, the, one of the key elements to happiness is financial independence. Right. Being able to just be self-sustainable. 
for yourself and not really have to worry about anything. And another thing too, I mean, with buying more and more things, like from the outside, it looks good. Like let's talk about a nice car, for example, like a Lamborghini. And like, there are a lot of people, like I know a bunch of people that are just car fanatics and they love cars and like, they'd love to get a Lamborghini because it's like the top of the line, whatever it may be. But, and I mean, if you love cars and you want a Lamborghini, by all means, you know, that's, you know, that's why they're made is for people to buy them that love cars. But from the Mm -hmm. outside, again, for example, a Lamborghini looks nice, but the second something breaks in, in that car, it costs so much to repair. And then there's just more and more expenses. And it goes along the same lines as like a big, nice house is like, if you got a big, nice house, you got big, nice things to fix. And it's just more and more expenses. Like it doesn't stop once you sign those papers saying this is my house. It just keeps going and going and going. So if you can afford the Lamborghini and it's a collection, then then maybe that's okay for you. But if it's something that is going to financially strap you, then the question and challenge is, is that ultimately going to bring you long-term happiness? Because then there is potentially a consequence for that, because if you're having to pay for that, is there something then on the other hand, on the other end that's not beginning, you know, a need met? Right, exactly. And there's, um, there are some things that you can spend money on that, you know, aren't relatively super cheap, um, that can, you know, provide happiness. And the first thing that came to my mind when we were talking about this earlier was experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe money doesn't buy happiness. It buys the experience that does provide happiness. Like every time I go out west or go up north and go hiking, the money is the thing that gets me to that happiness. The happiness is that free Mm -hmm. hike and the free views and the people that I'm with. Um, But the money allows me to get that sense of joy and rejuvenation. Well, and that's what they're saying. They're saying experiences, um, spending time with family and friends. It is not the tangible material things. Those are instant gratifications. They do not last. It is the life experiences. It's the building of relationships and how you do that. You might spend money when you're entertaining like I do, um, but that's also having those experiences and investing in relationships. Yeah, it's to help out the experience. Correct. And that's what counts that they're saying. In therapy, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why couples will come in for counseling. And, you know, one of the a big issue can be and has been about financial differences um, because they don't see eye to eye. And so when you are, as a couple, financially struggling and um, you don't have a, a budget that is agreed upon, and so maybe one person is physically responsible and the other one isn't, that can cause marital strife. And so couples come in and they want to talk about that. So you're talking about like they will have conflict between what they do need to spend money on and what is not as important? Well, not only agreed upon on even just a particular item, but just the, you know, the philosophy of it. 
Yeah, I I did hear uh something about that very recently that money is like the biggest problem between relationships. It's up there. Yeah. It definitely is. And so you know, you think about that in terms of your, you know, your marital happiness and how, you know, money plays into that. I just want to go off a little bit um and with you being a therapist, would you recommend um, for married couples, like a joint bank account or separate? You know, I don't have a problem with people having it either way. I really don't. It's really what your goals are. The, the biggest thing I believe is that you need to be having conversations about it. Right. Yeah. Early on. And then as you kind of progress. Right. There's reasons for why you have, um, why couples have joint and have individual And so I respect for those reasons why they do what they do, but it's so paramount to have the conversations um, of how you're going to spend your money and be in agreement of how that's going to be done. So the, the physical piece of whether you have a joint or separate doesn't matter in the end. Just the conversation does. Correct. Yep. And being on the same page is really the critical piece. Before we end uh, there are just a couple like free resources out on the internet. Um, one of them being uh, very popular, Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, when I was in you know high school all the way up until college, they always were showing us like Dave Ramsey articles and videos. And so he's he's a very good speaker. He's easy to kind of understand and interpret into your own life. Yep. And then another kind of up and coming like social media platform type deal is Kevin O'Leary from the Shark Tank. So he just, he has his own uh, YouTube channel now. And so if you just look him up on YouTube, he's got just a bunch of helpful information and he kind of targets towards all demographics. Almost. Okay. All right. And then one that I recently found, uh, he's on YouTube. He, he's kind of targeted more towards like the younger demographics, uh, like millennials. Uh, his name's Graham Stephan, and he's a YouTuber. He kind of started off in like real estate, but now he's kind of venturing off into just giving like a bunch of financial advice. And I find it super helpful. And uh, I know a bunch of people will find it super helpful because his like popularity is just growing super fast. All right. I'll so have to I'm, check him out. Right. And it must mean that he's doing something right. Okay. Well, I want to leave you with a quote that was created by my father. So a shout out to James Russell Herman from Madison, Wisconsin. And he has said, since I was born, happiness is a positive cash flow. I love that. Mm-hmm. He loved it so much so that um, this is so before your time. In uh, the 70s, there used to be these t-shirts, and it was called iron-on t-shirts. So t-shirts where you could have um, slogans made and different, um, you know, uh, pictures on your shirts. They still do, you know, with rock concerts and other kind of stuff. And uh, he, for, uh, I don't know if it was a Father's Day or birthday, but um, we as kids and my mom gave him a shirt that actually had that um, ironed on and he still has the shirt to this oh. day. Doesn't fit him. <laughs> Doesn't fit him anymore, but he still has the shirt. This is the most heartwarming story. <laughs> and with that, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and share the show with a friend. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Mind and Wellness Podcast. And if you have any questions, just feel free to shoot us a DM. Thanks for listening.